everybody and welcome back to the desktoprods.com video games podcast as always i'm your host today man joe today we have ziploc bob hi i'm ziploc bob alex not be joining us this week he had stuff to do oh inclement weather delayed them then some life happened and you know how it is fucking nerd acting all responsible like an adult and shit i'm almost proud of him Almost. Anyway, video game stuff, you guys. <laughs> so I played two twos this week. You played two twos? Yes, I played two games that were both the sequels to other games. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I played so, two. I played two games with two in the title. You. You sure you don't want to come over to sequel syndrome? Because that sounds like some shit I would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So first one, um, I wow. well, the so first one I bought and beat Watch Dogs too. Okay. I wanted to play I, that game non lethally. Like start of the game, okay. I like start of the game. I only got the I only got the stun pistol. I was putting all points into like not lethal stuff, you know, like getting like RC control, uh, better stuff for like crowd manipulation, uh, better stuff for vehicle hacking and shit like that. Yeah. At a certain point, I just kind of said, fuck it. This is getting too goddamn annoying and the reward is not enough for it. Yeah. Like there's not like, like the head cannon of, Oh yeah. These guys are like out there. They're doing fucking power to the people, hacktivist shit, but they're also like not just mindless murderers. Like, that was pretty much the only reward for playing it non-lethally for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And after a certain point, I was just like, fuck it. So I got a silenced assault rifle and a silenced pistol. You know, from the 3D printer. What? Yeah, you didn't okay. know that? Yeah, um, the dead sec, they have a 3D printer that just mass prints guns. That, that's how you get all your guns. That's how you get all both your RC things, the RC jumper and the RC quadcopter. Okay, let me run some things through my head real quick, okay? Yes. I do know that they have uh, 3D printers that use metal. Now, um, so that could be a thing because they also have uh, documents on the internet that you can get for like rear receivers, barrels, and everything else. I wouldn't trust them, but they exist. So it's plausible. They're in a future where the entire civilization of San Francisco is all worked, is all networked into a single operating system that controls everything from the gas mains to your car. Yeah. And that alone is just like, no, we would never do that. Them having a 3d printer that can make guns. That's the least, that's the least implausible (laughs) thing about this fucking game. Yeah, and the thing is, is it was like, you know, five minutes of thinking. I'm like, okay, with current technology, it's plausible because they've made real receivers that work made out of plastic. Now they only work for like three shots, but still. Yeah, so they got better, and now they can last for 
hundreds and hundreds of shots. Yes, because they're made out of metal and awesome and shit. Right? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, so uh, going through the game, you might remember last time we talked about it, um, I had played a three hours of it on a demo. Yeah. And so you actually did finally buy it. Yeah, I bought it. I bought it used and beat it in two days. Mm-hmm. I didn't well, like, I know. didn't like go out of my way to do like cyber and stuff, but I did enough. Like I got by the end of it on like every single like with uh, the combined like leftover elements that I had on every single upgrade tree, I was missing about seven upgrades. Mm-hmm. So I did a fair amount. And yeah, that game is really fun. You know, I'm glad you bought it used because you just made someone's circle of life a little bit better. <laughs> we'll get into that later in the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I will try to keep uh, full disclosure. At one time, I worked at one of those stores. And I hated it. <laughs> yeah, full disclosure, I've never worked there. No, no, no. It wasn't at GameStop, but it was at, like one of the stores that they just took over. And I'm like, well, I'm quitting now. I do all my game shopping at a local video game retailer called Iceman Video Games with locations here, with locations in my town of Lindsay, Ontario, as well as in Peterborough. Uh, With me, when it's like local stuff, when it's console stuff, I go to Battleground Games in Dalton, Georgia. Okay. Which is 30 30 miles away from me. They're that good to me. Yeah. Iceman's real cool. They are great people there. They get all kinds of shit. They They have fucking records. Like vinyl records. Oh, that's so nice. And like, See, and a few long boxes of comics and shit and Magic Gathering cards and Blu-rays and DVDs and all kinds of video games for going back to like the NES. Yeah, they, yeah, uh, I think, I think uh, there's a very similar setup, like minus the um, musical parts, but like, like they sell a bunch of like nerd merch. You know, like, um, yeah, if there, there's a statuette, there's a limited edition, something, and it comes on eBay for a decent price, they'll snatch it, then sell it. Yeah. So um, enough marketing, though. Yeah. Right. Let's quit. Let's quit sucking their collective cocks. And so on. <laughs> one of the weirdest like side missions in the game is that you can is that you get to be an Uber driver. What's the name of the company? Driver San Francisco. Is it spelt funky or anything? Nope. It's spelt like the name of that video game. Oh my God. Yeah. So awesome. yeah. And so you can, um, there, there are like some miniature stories going on there. Like, uh, there's one where you keep picking up and giving a ride to daredevil live, uh, YouTube sensation. Well, starting to be sensation who you drive around town and just like fucking get sick airtime jumping off fucking start construction equipment in your car. Okay, I have to ask. At one point, when at, at the beginning of the mission, does it say, "Hey, kids, welcome to Crazy Taxi"? Not in any of the ones no. that I played, because they only did like <laughs> five of those missions. Because that that that's just a missed opportunity right there. Yeah. Because that's, well, you know, Sega probably would 
yell at him for that. But yeah, so like, so. yeah, like drive her around, you go off jumps and stuff. Uh, you take another guy and you try to track down like his lost robot, making like his short circuit jokes. Hmm. Yeah, and that's basically all I play to the driver shit. Just it is a weird little aside thing because every other like side mission you get to do. Some of them are the reason you do side missions is like a for money, which is meaningless at a certain point. Like I, by the end of that game, I had over $500,000 by accident. I wish I could get that much money by accident in real life. Yeah. And, and so I was basically just doing that to get followers because the currency by which you level up, is followers. Once you get to a, like a certain follower bracket, then you get new, then you get more research points which you can use to upgrade yourself. Yeah. Uh, I was level 21 by the time I was finished. And I had like over 700,000 followers or something. I don't remember the exact number. Mm-hmm. But you gained followers for doing missions. You gained followers for like finding and like finding uh, new locations in the world or getting like, um, finding like the regular upgrade points around. You didn't for completely missions and you did them for driving people in around like a taxi, which yeah, just for me, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like nobody, nobody gets a fucking Twitter following, by being a really good Uber driver. Well, being a man of the people, Let, let's go with that. Bullshit no, being on. a man, being a man of the people, that's why you do fucking the selfie shit. Oh, because that's because there is a there's an app on your phone called Scout X, which when you are close to like a San Francisco landmark or something that they think is a San Francisco landmark, like, say, the Ubisoft offices. Then you can take a picture of that. Um, the when you when you hit do like do a picture thing, it automatically goes to the selfie camera, but you can just hit a button and it will switch to like the regular like back facing camera. Mm-hmm. They take a picture of the landmark and then they get posted to social media and then you gain followers from that. That is a little one of the, meta. Just saying. Yeah, that's the point, though. Like, like one of the fucking side missions you got to do is you have to fucking hack into the Ubisoft server and pre-release one of their fucking trailers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they at least have a good sense of humor about it. But it also comes with a really bitter joke towards game journalists. Like when you like when you hack the guy's phone, like when you hack that phone, you get on, you get into contact with uh, your people, and he's saying, "Hey, yo, what do fucking video games web? What do what do video game websites love more than anything else?" To which one of your guys replies, um, "Being considered journalism with quotes around it." Oh, so just like, hey, fuck you. Uh, be and funny, B, fuck but, you. Like a funny, like, a fuck you. Be this kind of funny, and B, and C fuck you. Uh, I'm not going to touch that entire debate because there's just not enough time in the day. Yeah, so you hack their servers, you get the pre-release trailer for some fucking game, some fake game. Mm-hmm. And you do this by breaking into a building that has a bunch of banner ads on it and shit for the Assassin's Creed movie, I think. Oh. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, actually, I say that, but I personally thought it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't. I've seen much worse. I mean, it's not the metric that you want to go by, but still. Yeah. 
Like, I actually kind of liked how they adapted certain things in a, what I thought was a smart way. But there was a lot of it that wasn't handled well to where it's just like, this is visually distracting. Quit it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, so after, after a certain point, uh, we start like getting really introduced to our main villain, a guy named Dushon. He is the... Do they make a douchebag joke? Yes, they do. Oh, okay. I was about to say, he's like, oh, please. Do you really think they wouldn't? Yes, I do think they're that inept at times. So anyway, yeah, he is the CTO of Bloom, the people who make the uh, CTOS uh, software. Mm -hmm. He is a man who at all times is wearing um, black, like, sleets, a weird gray and turtleneck sweater with a full beard and a man bun. So if Steve Jobs, Wozniak, and Neo had an inbred baby, this guy. Sure, he is spends a good chunk of his time just meditating. He is the grand mastermind behind the whole like plan to try to discredit and destroy Dead Second the Public Mind. He is kind of your main antagonistic force, uh, which you don't really see him that much in the actual game. Like you see him once or twice. Mm-hmm. They mention him and then you get him arrested for fraud. Yeah. Spoilers, I guess for this fucking month's old game. Yeah. I go with the 10 month rule. Like movies get 10 years. Games get 10 months. <laughs> Because the media works a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah, the game is just really fun. Like I liked all the, like the like the like the uh, the shooting felt fine. Uh, the RC car was real floaty and real hard to control, which really sucks. That there were moments where I had to do really precise, really precise jumps. Mm-hmm. So trying to do that, where if you are moving forward when you jump, you overshoot it, and if you aren't moving when you jump, you don't move at all in the air. You just go up and don't move. <laughs> yeah, like you go up and if you are holding the thing forward right after you jump, you will move forward like half an inch. And if you are moving oh. before you jump, you will move about five feet. Oh. Physics so, be damned. Yeah, uh, the copter I ended up getting a lot of mileage out of. Just sending that thing up into the air and then following people around and stuff. And it's actually weird. Once I started going lethal, I actually got better at the stealth. Like before, before I did that, I, I would like send up the RC car and it would get spotted immediately and then destroyed, which one I would have to run in and try to shoot them. And then I would fucking die. And then I would just end up having like remote controlling of the cars to run everybody over. And so once I, once I started like actually being able to shoot people, I actually got better with the RC car. So I was able to stealth around with that better able to use the environment better and ended up having to engage in combat way less than I did when I was fucking running around trying to not kill anybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just really games. Just, games is a lot of fun. It is. The characters are all kind of dumb, but dumb in a fun way. They play off each other. It, well, uh, they, actually, they actually have this really weird scene in there that I found really endearing. Where uh, Wrench and Marcus, they were having an Alien vs. Predator discussion. 
Like I was driving oh, to I was driving to a waypoint, and then Mark was like, "Hey, wrench, uh, alien or predator." And they actually, and then they okay, actually got into the, and they actually got into this like long debate about it, and then they and then they eventually decided that Archie would win. They brought up the comics. Okay. Yeah. And you know what's really funny? What at? At one one point, I actually had the comic to where is where the Predator was in an Archie comic. Yeah, yeah, I read I read the first two issues of that little mini series. It was gruesome, and I loved it. Yeah. I got rid of it because I'm just like, uh, I got a daughter, and she does not need to see this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I still want to like try to refund the uh, the first comic to where it's Predator versus Batman. Yeah. Then they bring yeah, that up that too. Thing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> not too many people know about those. Oh yeah, those those have been fucking around forever, dude. Oh yeah. But like a lot of people have kind of forgotten. Dark Horse back in the day was fucking bringing the alien v- AVP shit. Yeah, because those were unrated comics. Yeah, they had that the Terminator ones, and because they were a DC imprint, you get DC superheroes versus Terminator and shit like that. Yeah. So back back to Watchdogs. Uh, it is like I said, it's fun. The story is. The story is a video game story. It's not great. Like like a lot of, like a lot of the beats is are. It a, it's a standard Ubisoft story. Yeah, basically. Like real predictable people who die, they die. They they are fucking. You know who they're you know who they're going to be like fucking five minutes into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's like oh, I'm supposed to bond with this person. They're going to die. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of sense of like forward momentum a lot of the time because it is just like you're doing all these things that are supposed to be building up towards like this big final thing, but because it is an open world game and it's from Ubisoft, you have three main operations open at any given time. Mm -hmm. So having all three of them running concurrently doesn't really give a real sense of narrative progression. Yeah, it just feels like you're doing busy work until, like, you know, kind of like if you're, like, building a game. There's a lot of it that feels like busy work because you get lost in the forest because of the, because all you see are just the trees. Yeah. Yes. All right, so, hey, you did enough things. Now let's have this cutscene, which progresses the story, kind of. Ish. Yeah. But gameplay kept it up for me. Uh, and so did the characters for the most part. They are all fun. Mm-hmm. Like I said, dumb but fun. And yeah, so Watch Dogs 2. I think it's Yay. worth it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is more of the Ubisoft game. But if you like the Ubisoft game, then this is a very Ubisoft game for you. Yes. It sounds like. Moving on to very much not a Ubisoft game. XCOM 2. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ, I hate these games. I like them. I'm just bad at them. I hate them because I'm pathetically bad at them. Yeah, so just uh, for a frame of reference, I've been playing the game for about three hours now. I've had to save scum three separate times. You're doing better than I normally do. Yeah, so the sequel to the original XCOM, uh, XCOM Enemy Unknown. Uh, gameplay is all yeah, the, the, the reboot. Yeah, gameplay is all the same. Uh, technical issues are all the same too. 
because you really? you weren't you weren't here when I talked about the original X when I played the original XCOM. Well, okay, not the, no. When I say the original, uh, when I say the original been, XCOM, I mean yeah. Enemy Unknown. Yeah, not the one from like the early nineties. Yeah. So when I was playing that, uh, the frame rate, especially in cutscenes, would just like fucking go to shit immediately. And mm-hmm. at a certain point in the in the game's campaign, I reached a point where they introduced a new enemy, uh, the Muton, the Muton Berserker. Oh, yeah. And once they introduced him, okay. the frame rate went unplayable. It went down to single digits. No matter oh, what, no matter what I did, yeah, no matter what I did, the second he was on screen, the frame rate just fucking tanked and it became almost unplayable. Hmm. Going into this one, the frame rate problem seemed to have expanded. Now, I don't know if this is my setup. I don't know really what this prob- what the problem is with this. And I have a sneeze stuck, and I feel like it's going to come out any second, and I don't want to fucking peek the mic. And it started really starting to hurt. Oh, God. But, yeah, it sounds like this is a situation to where it's you've hit the point to where, okay, time to research, find out what the fuck's going on here. Yeah, so yeah, so like I started looking into it. Uh, just for anybody who is new and doesn't know, um, I have i seven forty seven ninety k sixteen gigs of RAM and a GTX uh, nine seventy. Mm-hmm. Not a beast, but not a slouch. I'm able to run a lot of games yeah, at like really. I'm able to run a lot of games at 1080p at, at like solid sixty with really high settings on everything. This one I am using custom settings that were uh, put out by various people in the XCOM two community. And it's still barely able to reach 60. And it's, and it's always weird, like, what actually makes it go, like, all fucky and stuff. Like, cutscenes are at 28 frames a second. In the base, that is usually around 60. Um, mm-hmm. Going into character selection for, like, for going out missions, that's around 50. The interstitial bits of the ship, like, actually flying out to go to the mission or coming back, those are at 60. In game, that ranges from thirty-five to sixty. The fuck? <laughs> yeah, and I'm not trying to run this at like ultra settings. Even on ultra settings, that the frame rate is the exact same. Also, it's happening at the exact same speed. But uh, it's running hmm. well enough that the points where it drops don't really affect the gameplay. And this isn't a game that requires like fucking frame perfect 60 fps at all times yeah you're not playing like mortal Kombat or injustice yeah which losing two frames can cost you a match sometimes yeah so having having these technical problems do does suck but they're not game breaking for me yet so in terms of story it's, you know, after after XCOM Enemy Unknown, uh, you, the commander, have been captured by the aliens and they have officially taken over. The first mission is to rescue you and then you get back into the swing of things. Uh, the council contacts you, uh, voiced by John Bailey. Yeah. Uh, you got all the people there. Um, you got, like, scientists and stuff. You have Central, who's now all grim and grizzled and shit. You got the daughter of the engineer from the first game. And then mm-hmm. gameplay is largely the same. 
Uh, you ha- you send in like four soldiers out there to do fucking whatever. Uh, they will level up. They have different specializations. Uh, they have a couple new specializations now, like uh, the like the class that has a shotgun. I can't remember the name of them, but they now have a sword. So before, like the assault is this class- Dune? No. <laughs> So before the assault class, they would have the, the special ability they had was run and gun, which is you able to take that action to dash and then still attack. With this now, if there is an enemy within dash range, you can just run up a fucking slash with a sword with a really high chance of doing a crit. And once you do that, it's basically a one hit kill on them. Uh, they have the specialist who is who has a drone that is that is usable to hack. So far with that, so far with that guy, I have hacked. I have tried. I have made one hack attempt, and it failed. At which point, it alerted the entire enemy army to my position. You rolled a one. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And so, yeah. But then there's also like the heavy gunner who is, who has a grenade launcher as well as a minigun sniper. Mm-hmm. He's a sniper. And yeah, so you you level these guys up. You level them up individually. Um, once they die, they are permanently dead. So you have to replace them or just save scum and hope they don't die. Which I've done a few times because my fucking highest ranking officer in assault class. I'm like, all right, so I'm just going to run up and fucking slash you. Run up and slash him. And then, oh, hey, look, the fog of war was hiding a bunch of snakes. Now I'm dead. Was it going to be snakes? <sighs> Yeah, that, those games are a little too punishing in all the wrong ways for me. Yeah, they also... Weird thing, they added a stealth mechanic to this. Oh. Where, when you when you are dropped into an enemy's... <laughs> when you are dropped into like a area, an arena of combat, uh, you drop in most of the time concealed. So the enemy doesn't know your position, and you're able to kind of... If you're able to like stay out of their line of fire... Or the line of sight or whatever, you'll be able to get a fair amount of ways in before alerting enemy troops. Yeah. However, uh, the fog of war really fucks that up because there have been multiple times where I have sent out, like, say, my like my heavy gunner or my um, assault class character, and they would just like run ahead into the fog of war get behind cover, and then the second they, the second the fog of war creeped forward, just, oh, hey, fucking 19 enemies have spotted you, and you're fucked now. Yay! At which point, cover's blown for the entire team, except the assault class, uh, if she hung back. Mm-hmm. Also, fun fact, her, her nickname is Snake. Like, solid snake. And the snakes that keep killing her. Snake! Snake! Yeah. So the mission that I keep fucking up on, it is a mission that was um, requested of me by the council, I believe, where I had to go and either extract or kill a VIP who was working with the aliens. So so the first time I went through... I went in. I accidentally slashed the guy in half with my sword. 
At which point I just evacuated, tried to evacuate the entire team. Um, they all, most, like my assault class and one of my snipers died. It's so like, okay, moving forward. I got some rookies in there. Then we went on a new mission to try to capture uh, an alien energy source. We went out mm-hmm. there. Uh, it turns out they had a mech. As well as a bunch of dudes who were able to mark targets, specifically every single officer of mine that I had left. Killed all of them. Oh, fuck. And all I was left with was, and all, all I was left with was a rookie. So I immediately just was like, all right, fuck this. Reloaded my game. Uh, went out on that mission again, which was different this time because I was able to like get through without getting spotted. Uh, at which point, every officer on my team died. So save scum. And I was like, oh, that's enough. That's, that's enough for like three hours of the night. I think I'm good. And then haven't really launched it again since. I'm really bad oh. at this game. Correction. You're equally as bad as me. <laughs> Which is kind of impressive. But the game's still fun. I still like the strategic elements of it. I like the designs of the aliens. I like the base mechanics. I like all that shit. I'm just really bad at it. So, Sarah, there's a full-hearted recommendation. Raxcom. It is really fun. Just, you will be bad at it. Yeah, XCOM has always been one of those games that kicks your ass. XCOM is not a game about being good at. XCOM is a game about being not shit at. You know, kind of like Dark Souls. Yeah. yeah that's how I'm playing. Ziploc, what you got? Yay. Uh, so, Lego Batman, the movie's coming out. I'm like, hey, you know, I actually had all the Lego Batman games bought for me recently. Let's play the first one. I haven't done that in a while. And, uh, I forgot that the first one, there's no voice acting. <laughs> it's all pantomime. Yeah, back before all your games were like, hey, we're big now. We can actually afford voice actors. Yeah. Uh, and what I didn't realize is that Telltale Games is the studio behind this. No, it's a, isn't it Traveler's Tale? Or not Telltale, Traveler's Tale. Yeah, I always get those two screwed up. What I didn't know about Traveler's Tale is they're owned by Warner Brothers. <laughs> Who owns DC? So basically, Warner Brothers put out this game. Yep. Yeah, they've... Which... I just find it hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. it just all comes full fucking circle. What I find hilarious is that uh, Traveler's Tale also put out all the Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. And Star Wars is owned by Disney, which owns Marvel. Well, th- beforehand, it, it was owned by, what, 20th Century? No, it was owned by uh, Lucasfilms, who had LucasArts. But they're like, no, we'll give this to you because it's a Lego game and you have the rights for a Lego. Yeah. Also, the fact that uh, they have, like, t- like uh, Traveler's Tales also released a bunch of other, like, Lego licensed games. Well, it was really no, sorry, funny I mean, back like, in the I mean, day. Disney licensed games. Yeah, like uh, Toy Story, Bugs Life. Yep. 
Sonic R. Oh. <laughs> you know, I was feeling good there for a moment, you asshole. <laughs> it's what I'm here for. Uh, so Lego Batman 1. So I'm like, okay, it's pantomime. I can deal with this, right? And it's kind of fun because, you know, you still get, like, the essence of the character, I guess is the best way of putting it. Yeah. Um, so Batman is like all above it all. And he's just like, Oh God, these fucking guys, why are they so like, why are the cops so inefficient? Shit like that. Yeah. Meanwhile, Robin just continuously fucks up (laughs) like Batman's the straight man. And you know, Robin, Robin is where all the comedy comes from. Just him. Just like, I'm going to grapple hook and fail, or I'm going to be a badass and fail. Yeah. But outside of like, you know, the little story bits and that sort of stuff, which it's hard to talk about the story with this game because it's literally just a night in the life of Batman. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like episode, like it's like three different capers you're trying to stop. And half the game is a night in the life of Batman and Robin. And what I really found fun about it is that uh, art, or what really got my nostalgia rolling, is that they used all the uh, music from the Tim Burton films. Yeah. And they actually made the um, opening of the game resemble the opening of the animated series. That I didn't know. Like, I that's the first thing I noticed. Is like the opening of the game, like the Traveler's Tale logo splash. Like, you don't realize it's a logo splash because you're watching the opening of the Batman animated series as Batman. Like, they even have the backgrounds the right color, like where it's red. It's got that, where it's yellow. Behind the gun, it has that. It's like everything. Yeah. Spot on. Um basically frame perfect and i'm just like this is awesome i love it so the actual gameplay you have uh the first half of the game which is between three episodes first episode you're trying to stop the riddler clay face two face a lot of faces in this game yeah um and poison ivy She's, yeah, she's in the first episode, I believe. <clears throat> and their basic plan is they're going to rob a bank to steal a key, then get Mr. Freeze to get this freeze gun thing so they can use the freeze gun thing to free, to get, make a path to the river so they can use that key to open up the um, vault to the gold reserve. You know, like you do. Like you do. (laughs) I'm like, oh my god, I'm just waiting for the Batusi to happen at this point. This is so (laughs) convoluted. (laughs) Yeah, the the Lego games have always kind of been the games that 
would be the most at home with the fucking 1960s Batman. And now that you mentioned that, I'm going to bring up the other two games real quick. The second one actually had voice acting, right? Yeah, I think it was the fir- I think it was the first Lego game to have it. Period. They did it with Batman because it sold so well. And with that one, instead of it just being Batman and Robin the entire time, you get like the Teen Titans and the Justice League and Superman and all that shit. Yeah, like like it's separated between three acts: Batman and Robin, the world's finest, which is Batman, and Superman, and then it's just the fucking Justice League. Uh-huh. And, you know, I enjoyed that when I played it. And, like, all these have bonus levels. That The bonus level in this one I didn't find too memorable. But the bonus level on the third one, which is basically just the Justice League throughout the entire fucking game, is 1960s Batman. <laughs> and they actually have a part to where he does the Batusi. <laughs> Oh, that's great! Like one of my one of my friends who bought this for me, like the PC version of these three games for me, is like, I mentioned that to him. Was like, that's in the game. It's like it's in the third one. I did not know that. It's like, yeah, you can get it pretty easily. You just beat the fucking game. Like with the first one to get the bonus levels, like you have to get um enough uh, Lego bits, like Lego currency. To get like to fill up the bar to where on the hero side it's hero and the villain side it's villain. Yeah, like super villain mode achieved. Basically, on the hero side, if you get all ten of those or fifteen or however many, you get the um, you get an extra level co- called Wayne Manor. It's okay. Same, and you get a level on the villain side, which is Arkham Asylum. Again, it's okay, but it also feels a little pointless because the entire time you've been in the Batcave and parts of Wayne Manor or been going through parts of Arkham Asylum. You're just like, what the fuck have I been doing? But now you have all of it. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> Make it interesting, not just a showpiece. You guys remember the Arkham Asylum game? Well, because y'all made Legos. Actually, I would like to see an Arkham Asylum Lego Batman. That would be funny. That would be really dumb, yeah. <laughs> like, it'd be dumb in the most glorious way. Like, the same level of intensity and everything else that those games have, just everything is Lego? Yes. And, like, and but you gotta have Robin in the background acting like an idiot. Like every Lego game. <laughs> Like, that's the one... Oh, yeah. And speaking of the, Le- the Lego, the weird shit in Lego games, um, there's the Green Lantern. Okay. Which is, it's Daffy Duck of, at Daffy Duck is a Green Lantern. <laughs> well, that's stupid. Because in the third one, you can go to, like, Ford, Oa, and all the other green, all the other lantern planets. Um, and before you can unlock him, you got to do all his missions. 
and a lot of them are, um, you know, just him being a tour guide, you know, yeah. like explaining shit about the like each um, lantern. Like, and here's Space Sexter six six six, which holds Atrocitus in the Red Lantern Corps. We don't talk about them very much. It's like these are Red Lanterns who are some bully named or like it has like that PG way of putting it. It's like yeah, these guys are, but but. Towards like, yeah, these guys are just angry all the time. They really should talk to a therapist. You know, horrible jokes like that. Yeah. And over here we have Agent Orange. Please don't make direct eye contact with Agent Orange. <laughs> he will try to take you. He will sanction your ass. <laughs> it's like, and here we have the Star Sapphire Core, a planet filled with beautiful women. I think I found my new home. <laughs> then over here Until is the Indigo Tribe. Out. They mostly keep to themselves. <laughs> they don't get out much. And then finally, oh god! And then over here we have the Blue Lantern Corps and their leader Saint Walker. He's nice. <laughs> Actually, it was funny. It's one point in the comics. It's like, and here you have. Well, the one blue lantern left alive, St. Walker, because the rest of them died horribly. Yeah. And, and then, it was awesome. And then finally, we have the Snestro Corps. Their god, the space bug, the space bug Parallax, lives inside of our power battery. If you, get too, if you get too sad or too scared or whatever, he'll try to eat your soul. Be careful, <laughs> otherwise you might become the sun. What's really interesting... To like visually to me is the Lego version of all the um, lantern. Uh, what the hell's Parallax called? Spacebug. Um. Well, I know he, people call him the Spacebug, but not Entity? all of the lantern entities are Spacebugs. Yeah, but they have Lego versions of all the entities in the game. Cool. And and they look cool as shit. Like, you know, like the first one is like, okay, it fits for the time because the first one is out on PS2 as well as PS3. You know, is there in that little jump over period? But by the time you get to the third one, it is massive and amazing by how much shit is in there that isn't just like filler because this was an open world Lego game. Uh huh. Which. Like you can drive around Metropolis or Gotham, and like there's little side missions in there, to where yeah you don't have to do them to beat the game, but they're still fucking fun. Like you got the standard oh you gotta race the Batmobile, hi sweet. This or turn, you gotta fly through these rings with Superman. Actually, you can get the um, tumbler. God damn it. Oh, come on. This was post... the Like, come on. Look at when it was released. Of course, the Tumblr is a fucking unlockable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is. you start... It's something you have to unlock. You don't get it out the gate. You start out with a classic Batmobile. Yep. Yeah, other than those, I've been playing Stardew Valley, which I probably already talked about on this show. A little bit, yeah. You did. Yeah. And uh, Risk of Rain, which is... That game's a son of a bitch. 
So basically it's a roguelike where like each session that you play, the longer time goes on, the higher the difficulty goes. I can get to normal. <laughs> then I die horribly. Because at normal, it starts spawning things really fucking... No, no, no. Correction. I actually can get to impossible if I get to a place where I can cheese. Then it starts spawning shit so fast where I cannot kill it quick enough anymore. <laughs> because they'll send one flying thing that I can't kill in two shots, and it will kill me. In one hit. Uh-huh. But uh, basically, your character takes up of all of, I don't know, eight pixels. And that's it. Yeah. And uh, and how the controls work is uh, you have the arrow keys to move, space to jump, and ZXCV to use your special abilities and G to use items. Um. So it's basically just like keyboard, no mouse. Yeah. And how how you progress from level to level is you go to the you go through the open little two D map and you find this little gate little thing and you activate it and you now have to survive for ninety seconds. If you haven't le- just put it around and leveled up, got money and got things to boost your stats. You're fucked. (laughs) Just straight out. (laughs) Because what will happen is you'll be like, Hey, I, you know, I found it right off the bat. Maybe if I activate it now, it's easier. No, it's just going to jump up a level of difficulty and spawn a bunch of shit on top of your ass. that You cannot fight. Well, like you will die. And it will be gloriously funny for me. Okay, then. That sounds frustrating. It is, but in the most addictive way. Because as you play, your skill level will go up. Because you're like, okay, I kind of get how this works. And I figured out the game. So... And I figured out about the prime time to activate that son of a bitch before it gets too hard for a move on to the next level. And I've figured out ways to cheese the hell out of the next level. Like once I get to level two, if two, if it's one of the, if it's one of the three possible setups, uh-huh. if it's one of the, so I have a thirty-three percent chance of getting the perfect one. I hightail it to one area and just, and I just basically put my vape on the X button and walk <laughs> the fuck away. <laughs> <laughs> Because I have no strategy beyond that. You vape them to death? Yes, I vaporize them. <laughs> that that was a dad joke. I'm sorry. Jesus. But yeah. <laughs> or like I take one of my metal 20-sided dies and put it on the X button to where it just continually presses the button to kill. <laughs> um in one solid direction because um, once I get to that level, I'm currently fucked and you can unlock multiple classes. 
Don't ask me how, because I haven't looked it up. And it's taken me, I don't know, three months of playing this thing casually, which is like, you know, an hour or two here, an hour, like an hour or two here, an hour or two there to where I might get five hours every two weeks, you know? Like, I barely play this fucking thing, but I find it fun when I, I, I find it very enjoyable when I do. The problem with this fucking game is, is that it's fucking unrelenting. (laughs) <laughs> like there's no tutorial it does jack shit to beat you <laughs> oh god Bless finally you. got that out oh jesus I was wondering when that was going to happen I had to stick a fucking but, plastic up my nose to scratch the inside in order to get it to go you're like where is like I need to scratch my I need to like stick a finger so far up my nose I'm need, scratching a memory I need to scratch my sinus <laughs> it's like I need to tickle it <laughs> Oh, God. Anyways. But, yeah, th- this game is not for the faint of heart. Or the non-skilled. So I'm kind of boned because I'm two of those things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. But, Anything else been playing? Yeah. <sighs> this past week has been basically those games because of busyness. Okay. All right then, yeah. So we went on the news. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry if this show ends up being short. It'll be a little bit under an hour. So first up, CBS has announced that two of its shows, uh, namely Bull and Elementary, will be airing video game centric episodes. Oh, because this has never gone bad. Nope. It's like Ice T talking about them leads. Yeah, Ice T talking about them leads strats, dog. Or that time that Bones was like, hey, if you like video games, fuck you. If you like Can comic you go books, ahead and fuck pass you. me the nine mil now? So. Uh, one of the episodes actually already aired by the time this podcast goes up. Yeah, that was, um, that was the February 7th episode of Bull called The Fall. And in that episode... What's- so, just just gonna, just gonna read this. Uh, just gonna read this verbatim. Yeah. So, at the fall, we'll see Doctor Jason Bull, played by Michael Weatherly, helping a professional gamer who was accused of throwing a championship game to sue his former manager. His trial strategy is to prove his client is a compulsive winner, psychologically incapable of losing on purpose. Reads a line in the episode's description. They okay, also, yeah, they that also had a Morgan plausible. Yeah, they also had Morgan Webb and Kevin Purge Godek um, guest starring in the episode as as announcers named Neely and Patrick. You know, I wish I could see Morgan Webb and uh, God, I can't remember the guy's name anymore. Adam Sessler. It's been so long. Yeah, Adam Sessler together. Yeah. The elementary like, episode. You know, I I used to watch them all the time when I was a kid. Yeah. The elementary episode is called Wrecked in Real Life. Mm-hmm. That's Wrecked spelled R-E-K-T. The episode is about mm-hmm. esports. So the description of the episode reads, Holmes and Watson investigate the murder of a former professional esports video game player who died after being assaulted in front of, in front of his fans during a video live stream. And then some other bullshit about fucking plot or whatever. 
And then uh, this okay. in this episode has appearances from multiple um, esports players, um, including DJ Nintendo, um, Sabine, um, Sabin, uh, J Cap, Tarek, and the Moon. Okay, the first thing I thought about the second about the first plot once I actually heard it or the synopsis rather. It could be done well. I doubt it. It won't be at all, but fuck it. It could be. You know, like, I could take that synopsis and, like, write an outline a little, a little detail and it's like, hey, and send it to someone who can actually write a script and make it and have something made out of that. This one, I'm like... Less so. I'm seeing a... It's like, um... It's kind of like tofu. Okay. Have you ever ate tofu? I have never eaten tofu. Okay. Well, here's the problem with tofu. You have to serve it with something. Because it is tasteless on its own. Uh-huh. And much like tofu, this plot needs something interjected into it, like, you know, an actual plot, because it seems a little tasteless on its own. Yeah. Like, the fuck? I don't know. It's a fucking thing. I mean, <sighs> it's good that we're getting the exposure, but not our exposure is good. Yeah, like, the fucking... The last time a show did this, it was that fucking episode of SVU about fucking online harassment from the video game for the video game community. Remember that? Remember no, that I fucking watched... chestnut of an episode. Yeah, here's the thing. I haven't watched TV since 2007. You're better off without it, probably. Yeah, because all the only TV I could get in get at the time was Fox News and CNN at the DFAC. That will keep you from watching TV is watching that crap all the time because that's all you have. Yeah. So, speaking of TV. Uh, well, I do watch the Food Network. That's my one vice. So speaking of TV, uh, Netflix has announced that they will be releasing a TV show based on Castlevania. What? Yeah, uh, this announcement came in a Netflix press release. Uh, that it said that Castlevania season one, part one will be coming to Netflix this year. Uh, last year, um, people might remember that, um, Adi Shankar, a producer who did uh, dread and that power slash Rangers bullshit announced that he, as well as, um, Fred Siebert, uh, sorry if I have your name wrong and Kevin Klond, uh, from Frederator. We'll be producing a quote unquote super violent Nef- uh, Castlevania miniseries. Uh, this is likely that project. Uh, and the Globe and Mail is also reporting that comic book writer Warren Ellis has done some writing for the show's first season. I am so confused. What about that's confusing you? Oh. Like all that, of it? this got greenlit. It's Netflix, dude. They fucking made two seasons of Voltron. Okay, fair enough. And actually, it wasn't that bad. Voltron's really good. Yeah. But, like, you know, like, don't get me wrong. They've had some misses, but everybody remembers the hits, that sort of thing. Yeah. 
For examples um, of a hit and miss coming soon, we have um, the hit probably uh, Marvel's Iron Fist. Oh. And the miss, Dear White People. That is a thing that is happening. There is a trailer on the Netflix US and Canada channel that is just Dear White People. And it's about a young black college radio host telling it, yeah, saying, Dear White People. Like, fuck you. Also, just like a lot of white people in blackface, which I think is just for the show. Yeah, still like no, no, no. That I was like, don't get, don't get me wrong. Full disclosure, I'm white, but at the same time, no, God, that's tasteless. Don't take ideas from BuzzFeed. Don't take ideas from MTV News. That failed. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. GameStop. <laughs> In the last oh, couple gosh. of weeks, GameStop has been getting some shit, rightfully so, about a program called The Circle of Life. The Circle of Life, for those who don't know, is essentially quotas for different GameStop locations uh, that have to be met in order to in order like do fucking whatever. It's based on the store's total transactions and... A certain percentage of those need to be pre-orders, reward card subscriptions, used game sales, and game trade-ins. It's about a quarter of the entire store's output has to be those things. Yeah, so... Yeah, so with uh, pre-orders and reward reward card subscriptions, uh, those are based on number of transactions, while the game sales and trade-ins are dollar amounts. Yes. Now, here's the crappy part about this. Um, let, let's say if I worked at GameStop, like in this hypothetical situation, yes, right? It's like, oh, I'm working at GameStop today and I make $600 in sales, right? Out of one sale. And then I, throughout the day I make, you know, 400 here, 300 here and I'm making, I'm just moving product, right? Yeah. Problem is, it's all new. Yeah. That sounds like a wonderful sales day, and I can do that, and even if I was in a situation where I could do that day after day, I'd still get fucking fired. Because I'm not the type of salesman they want. I mean, the problem with, um, and I, I can't remember what show said this, but, um, so, yes, full disclosure is, Line of thinking doesn't come from me, but I agree with it enough to quote it. I just can't remember who the fuck I'm quoting. Whoops. But um, this was likened to standardized tests in schools. Like if you make the only reward system be the standardized test, it eventually gets to the point to where they're only go- the schools are going to teach to the test. And much like this, they're only going to se- – they've been selling only to the – Bracket to the point of lying to customers. Yeah. Um, one GameStop employee who requested to remain anonymous uh, told Kotaku, quote, we are telling people we don't have new systems in stock, so we don't so we won't take a three hundred or four hundred dollar hit on our pre-owned numbers. This is company wide. In discussions with my peers, it is a common practice. 
We also tell customers we don't have copies of new games in stock when they are on sale. For example, Watch Dogs 2 is, Watch Dogs 2 is currently 30 bucks new and 55 bucks used. We just tell them we don't have the new one in stock and shuffle them out the door. Yeah, according to staff of the Circle mm-hmm. of Life program, uh, began late last year and began ramping up uh, this this past year. Uh, has been a big old company wide thing, um, and everybody and uh, people have been um, told that they need to get a COL score, which is which is just a com- combination score of the four categories, which are again uh, pre-orders, subscriptions. Uh, used used sales and trade-ins. Those mm-hmm. all make up twenty five percent of the total score. Um, if they hit a if they hit like the quotas for some of the things, then that is twenty five percent. If they don't, then they don't. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, no. uh, this has been happening like for a while, not just with the Circle of Life thing. Uh, uh Jim Sterling, uh, he released a video, a Jim Quisition episode on this. Where he was, where he talked to some people who used to work at GameStop or still work at GameStop, and said that like shit like this has been going on since way before the Circle of Life program ever really started. Oh yeah, this has been happening since 2002, at yeah. least. Um, because when I worked at one, we had problems with like, oh, you're not uh, making enough fucking sales with the like the um, cards and magazine subscriptions. We had a guy who could move product like nobody's business, but because he didn't sell enough fucking magazine subscriptions, the owner was forced to fire him. Yeah, it's like, hey, so you've been making a lot of money. You've been making a lot of money for us, you know, selling all this kind of shit, but you haven't been pushing Game Informer. So you know, exactly. fuck you. It's like because you don't have enough power up reward pro cards. Sorry. Yeah, so that's a bunch of whole fuck. That's a bunch of horse shit. And. One of the guys who couldn't sell worth a shit kept his job for four more days until we found out he was doing it illegally. <laughs> by, um, uh, like once we found out he got fired, he was re-upping people's um, subscriptions to power up rewards while they were making major purchases and just slipping that shit in. <laughs> like, say, if like, because. This was during uh, P- the PS3 launch on this particular one. Yeah. And it's like people were buying PS3s, and a lot of them did not realize that they were also getting their, they're buying their, uh, renewing their fucking Power Up Rewards membership. <laughs> that guy's a piece of shit. Oh, dear God, yes. That's why he got fired. Like, hard. Yeah. So anyway, GameStop didn't refund any of that either. Yeah, so fuck GameStop. Moving on. Uh, well, I've been boycotting them for years because um, there were, I cannot remember the game, but and this is the last thing before I just drop it. There was a game where Nintendo reprinted it, right? Because there's a high demand. Yeah. And GameStop employees were caught unwrapping them and slapping a used sticker on them <laughs> because they could sell them more for used than new. Wow. Wow. So anyway, yeah, it was like 90 bucks versus 60. You're like, fuck yeah. So Polygon is reporting that the last guardian just eight weeks after it was released 
has had the price permanently cut by one third. Oh. <laughs> a Sony representative confirmed to Polygon that the price drop that has been seen across multiple platforms, including the PSN, Amazon, Best Buy, and GameStop, will be the permanent price, um, reducing it from sixty bucks down to forty bucks. So yeah, and then finally. Uh, so Psychonauts 2, the upcoming sequel to the, uh, much loved double fine game Psychonauts, uh, has a new publisher. Starbreeze publisher of Payday 2 has taken over marketing and distribution, um, responsibilities for the game. This makes me so happy. Yeah. So Starbreeze, uh, has, has said that it, has said that it will invest $8 million into the project, uh, before recouping quote, 100% of its full investment, including market marketing costs with initial revenue share of 85% after distribution and platform fees and a fake crowdfunding revenue share. Uh, the company has stated the Double Fine will continue development of the game and own the IP. Uh, however, Starbreeze uh, will over a Starbreeze share of revenues will become 60% after the initial investment is recouped. Double Fine will retain 100% of the intellectual properties retaining uh, relating to ty- Psychonauts 2. So yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Starbreeze is going to be helping push the game out there. They'll be getting a cut. And then it will be less of a cut after they get their money back. And everything will still be owned by Double Fine. Huh. Well, I didn't expect them to give up the IP. Yeah, obviously not. This is a. Psychonauts is a fairly big thing for them. Yeah, it's like, like that's their Mario. It's not as big as Mario, but it's as big as Mario as as big as close to Mario is going to be for them. Yeah, Psychonauts is basically their mascot. Yeah, like Raz is their mascot. Period. Yeah, that voice actor too. He is all over. Like he is all over Double Fine shit. Speaking of voice actors, you hear about the uh, Guinness uh, voice act, uh, uh, the Goku Japanese voice actress, because in Japan, Goku's voiced by a woman. Yeah, I know. Got two Guinness Book World Records things, and they're both in video games, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, it's like she got two Guinness Awards, but they were in video games. One was for the longest, and one longest time voicing one character, which was like, 21 years or some stuff. Another t- other one was the most time surprising one video game character. <laughs> Which, Goku. Of yeah, course. naturally. But, yeah. And that happened this past week. Oh, cool. Hey, does for news. On to new releases. This week, week oh, February 7th, we have Nio. Neo? Nio. Neo? Neo. Neo. PS4. I don't know what this game is. Funny is that's loosely based off of history. Yeah. I mean, add it, they history then add in Japanese monsters. So history. <laughs> yeah. Newest game from Team Ninja. <laughs> yeah, that's it's cool. Pretty. 
It's fucking hard as shit. Yep. Uh, then basically nothing else this week. Next week, though. Yeah. Week of February 14th, we have For Honor. That fucking thing. That's been on my radar for a while now. I'm interested. Yeah, that... The guy doing PR for that game, who was also the game director, he is real good at hyping up his game. Like, that's been on my radar for two years. Yeah. That never happens with me. This is an exception, not a rule. So, the guy that does PR needs a goddamn raise. No, what he needs is a fucking sword in his cane. Yeah. Because that's his thing. He fucking just walks out there with a cane, just with his fucking giant Viking beard. He needs that thing to be a fucking sword cane. If it isn't already. Uh, No, it's a taser cane. (laughs) Oh, yeah, they have those. And I want one. Then what's coming (laughs) out this week is uh, Halo Wars 2 Ultimate Edition with the regular edition of the game coming out next, coming out the week after that on February 21st. And then the definitive edition of the first Halo Wars game is also coming out next week. Both of those on X-Bone and PC. Yeah, look forward to that. Uh, the real shit starts coming in a couple weeks. Yeah, this like this is the time of year where, you know how they say January's where movies go to die? Yeah. First quarter's where games go to die. <laughs> It's like, get the first two months, we ain't going to have any. Get, wait until about the third or fourth month, and then things start picking up again. Yeah. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. I'm sorry, again, this was short. Life happens. Yeah. So we'll be back in two weeks time with the episode of the DestorProds.com video games podcast. In between now and then, we're going to be having our regular run news, baby reviews, podcasts. Ow! Kinds of bullshit, but... Until then, I'm dead. I'm the Black Bob. We will see you guys next time. Later.